Give Jesus praise. He's the Lord God that heals. Now, I know many of you don't know me, and that's all right. But it's, you're at the right place at the right time for this word. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to try to preach, but it probably come, it'll probably come out as a teach-preach, so you might have to get your notes. So I want you to take notes. Go to 1 Samuel chapter 30. We're going to begin at verse 1. It says, Then it happened when David and his men came to Ziglag on the third day that the Amalekites had carried out an attack on the Jeeve and on Ziklag, and overthrown Ziklag, and burned it with fire. Somebody shout fire. fire. And they took captive the women and all who were in it, from the small to the great, without killing anyone, and drove them off and went their way. When David and his men came to the city, behold, it was burned with fire. Somebody say fire. And their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been, been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him raised their voices and wept until there was no strength in them to weep. Have anybody in here ever had an issue to go on and you cried all you could cry? Now David's two wives had been taken captive. I know him from Jezreel, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite. Also, David was in great distress because the people spoke of stoning him. For all the people were, embitt were embittered, each one because of his sons and his daughters. Somebody say, but David. But David. Say it with some authority. But David. But David felt strengthened in the Lord his God. Then David said to Abathar, the priest, the son of Emelech, please bring me the ephod. I want y'all to shout that, please bring me the ephod. So Abathar brought the ephod to David. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this band of raiders? Will I overtake them? And he said to him, the Lord said to him, Pursue, for you will certainly overtake them, and you will certainly rescue everyone. Let us pray. Father, I thank I thank you for this word that you've given me to deliver to your people. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name that your people, Father, will be taken to a new realm and to a new place in you. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name that this word won't fall on deaf ears, but it will accomplish what you've sent it out in Jesus' name. Amen. If I could preach from a subject for a few minutes, I want you to, I'm going to preach from the subject, I don't negotiate with terrorists. I want you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I don't negotiate with terrorists. Come on, look at one more neighbor. Come on. I want you to get this word in your belly. Tell them, I won't negotiate with terrorists. Now, a, a terrorist is an individual employed by another government to incite fear 
to an imposing government, religion, or institution. The purpose of terrorism is to cause stagnation, limitation, and frustration to an individual's or a government's vision, economy, zeal, passion. Y'all hear me? So terrorism comes to stifle you. It comes to stifle your movement. It comes to restrict you. It comes to limit you. It comes to attack your vision. It comes to attack your sight. It comes to, to literally knock the wind out of you. It comes, it comes by way of family. It comes by way of friends. The enemy can use anyone to try to stop you from moving into the place that God called you to move into. But there are a people... Praise God that God is raising up that has an alligator crocodile anointing on the inside of them that said, I'm not going down without a fight. What belongs to me is mine. What God said I can have, I'm going to have it. I don't care what the enemy has thrown against me. I don't care what fiery darts he's thrown my way. What belongs to me and my family, I'm going to have it. Tell your neighbor, I'm going to get what God promised me. I'm going to get what God God promised me. We have to understand, number one, that the enemy is not all-knowing. The enemy doesn't know everything. Matter of fact, if we can track why you're going through the warfare, it's because there was a prophetic word that was released in your lineage. God told you that you would be. God said that your calling was this. And the enemy unleashed a crazy attack to try to stifle your mobility. But you got to make up in your mind. I don't care what the enemy is launched. God is going to launch me to a new place. Tell your neighbor God is going to launch me to a new place. Praise God. You see, terrorism comes to bring fear. Terrorism comes. It comes to cause you to focus on your problem and not the solution. Prayer, listen, let me tell you, terrorism comes to knock you out of the place of prayer. Terrorism comes to make you immobile. It comes to restrict you. It comes to your prophetic gift. It comes at your apostolic call, but you have to make up in your mind, no matter what the enemy throws at me. Praise God, there is more to me than what meets the eye. There is something greater on the inside of me. I'm not alone. Tell your neighbor, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. Come on, open your mouth. Tell him, I'm not alone. I'm not in this fight. I, listen, I'm not empty-handed. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God through the pulling down of strong I'm not by myself. I am armed and I am dangerous. Tell your neighbor, I'm armed. I'm armed. I'm armed and dangerous. I got the word with me. I'm packing with the word. When the enemy comes in like a flood, there's a standard that God will lift up against me. I'm armed and I am dangerous. Let me tell you, terrorism comes to restrict your economy. Terrorism comes. It comes to make you poor and impoverished. Terrorism, it comes to make you feel like all your economy is getting ready to fall through your hands. But there is another economy that you're getting ready to tap into. And everything that the enemy has stolen from you, you're getting ready to receive it. Tell your neighbor, I'm going to get everything 
I'm getting ready to get everything that the enemy has stolen. You must first understand that what, what listen, you got to first understand that you are a part of the kingdom of light. You represent the kingdom of light. You represent God and his government. What you're up against is not a personal problem. So don't take it personal. It's a kingdom problem. The reason the enemy is after you is because you're carrying a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Tell your neighbor, I'm carrying a kingdom that cannot be shaken. You got to understand you're part of the kingdom. You have been enlisted in the kingdom. Your call, your purpose, and your mandate is to advance the kingdom. The second thing you got to understand is that the demonic realm, it is structured, it is strategic, and ultimately it is against the kingdom of light. So if you're part of the kingdom of light, you are, you are by virtue, praise God, uh, in the devil's sight, he wants to get you because you're part of the kingdom of light. You have to understand if you're part of the kingdom of light, the only way that the darkness, the kingdom of darkness can, it can advance is by causing God's people to accept defeat uh, and to abort purpose and for you to not show up. Let me tell you, the enemy comes, he comes to distort, praise God, what God said about you. The enemy comes to make you stagnant. The enemy comes, he, listen, he wants you to give up the call. He wants you to give up the mandate. The enemy wants you to give up your purpose. He wants you to throw in the towel. He wants you to succumb to all of the warfare that you are up against. Matter of fact, when people leave your life, he wants you to fold. The devil knows that what he can do is use you against the kingdom of God. The enemy wants you to be a double agent. He wants you to influence other people to give up and to lose hope. But you got to have something in your belly. No matter what I'm up against, I'm going to fight. Tell your neighbor, there's a fighter in me. It is amazing to me how many Christians, before you got saved, you will fight. Before you got saved, you will nook if you bug. Before you got saved, praise God, you will fight in the club. You will fight on the street. You won't let folk talk to you any kind of way. And then when you got converted into the kingdom, you let the devil run havoc in your life. You let the devil run havoc in your marriage. You let the devil run havoc in your, in, with your kids. But you got to have the mindset, I don't care what I'm up against. The devil cannot touch what belongs to me. The devil cannot touch what belongs to me. I'm going to have what God told me I'm going to have. I'm going to pursue. I'm not going to give up. I don't care how many people are with me that don't see what I see. Because don't you know, you're going to have people that are in your life and in your space that do not see, praise God, what God said about you. They don't believe. They want to give up hope. They want to throw in the towel. But you're prophetic and you're apostolic to the bone. When you get attacked, you don't retreat. You go in advance. You don't throw in the towel. You don't give up. When all odds are stacked against you, there is a second wind that you feel. That's the Holy Spirit pushing you. That's the Holy Spirit propelling you. That's the Holy Spirit saying, do not give up. Continue to press. Tell your neighbor, you got the press. You got to press. Praise God. Negotiation is this. Negotiation is the process of reaching an agreement. Watch this. Watch this. Now, this is Charlie Howard version. Negotiation is the process of reaching an agreement. Watch this. Whether by discussion, whether by actions, or whether by negligence. 
I'm going to say that again. Negotiation is the process of reaching an agreement, whether by discussion, whether by action, or whether by negligence. A lot of times we think that we're not in the place of negotiating because we're silent. But let me tell you, if you don't learn how to speak, you're on the wrong side. Let me tell you, you got to understand that my silence is, is literally aiding me. Pray, listen, let me tell you, your mouth and your proclamation and your decree can get you out of some tough places. Your mouth and your decree can shift your family. Your mouth and your decree, decree can shift your government. Your mouth and your decree can shift your house. Your mouth and your decree can shift how you think. Your mouth and your decree. And a lot of Christians are living beneath their means because what comes out of their mouth or what do not come out of their mouths. Tell your neighbor, you got to watch your mouth. You got to watch your mouth. You got to watch your mouth. You got to learn how, how to speak the word. You got to learn how to speak the word when they don't like it. You got to understand if you're part of the kingdom, the word is your final authority. We don't care what people are part of the new age say. We don't care what the witch doctors say. We don't care what crazy preachers say. I believe what the word says. And the word of God is my final authority. What's in the book, that's what I believe. I believe the whole book. And many times the enemy wants to get you to think your way and to speak your way out of your kingdom assignment and your kingdom authority. So negotiation means, let me tell you, it is, listen, it's the process of an agreement. You have to understand, I cannot come into agreement with what the devil is doing in my life. You can't settle. You can't allow the enemy just to wreak havoc in your life. You have to literally, listen, I'm, arm yourself up with the word and speak what the word says. Now, in our text, we find, I had to give you those three, those three definitions so you can understand where I'm coming from. Let me tell you, in our text, we, we find David in a critical situation. He, David has been at odds with Saul. Praise God, David was anointed publicly. He has been running for his life, and the warfare he is in right now is unprecedented. David now is running. David is running from King Saul, and David ran to the Philistines. David ran to, listen, he ran to the enemy, and he founded shelter and safety in Ziglag. The Bible said David and his men, 600 of them, they ran from Saul, and they found favor with the Philistines. It was here that David began to rebuild his military forces, which was necessary on his campaign against Saul and against Israel. David's view... Listen, David's view of Ziglag was a place of rest, tranquility, and reset. David said, the enemy is after me. I'm going to chill here and regroup. How many of you have been in that, in that season in your life? You said, God, I'm just going to chill out. I'm just going to relax, and, and I'm going to relax, and I'm just going to try to get my win. It's often at that place where the enemy will unleash another level of attack to try to wipe you out at your place of rest. But I want you to understand, let me tell you, David here, he's under unprecedented, he's under unprecedented warfare. What David assumed uh, was a season and a place of peace was quickly clarified on heavens, uh, was quickly clarified by heaven's proclamation of, 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 of listen, of pressure. David says, this is peace. Heaven says, no, this is pressure. 
And a lot of you, you don't understand what's going. And listen, you got to process it correctly. Heaven is trying to push something big out of you. And if you give up in your third trimester what you were called to birth out, you won't birth it out. And the enemy, he wants you to relent. He wants you to give up. And that's why the warfare you're up against right now has been unsurmountable. The warfare has come from all directions. David here is fighting multiple fronts. He's not just fighting physically. He's fighting family. He's fighting a whole regime. He's fighting people he knew. He's fighting someone he served. And a lot of you, what the enemy does, he'll start using people close to you to try to kill you. See, that's, the, that's another level of warfare. It's one thing to be fighting against people you can recognize. It's another thing to fight against friends that are really enemies. It's another thing to fight against people that belong in the kingdom. It's, another, it's sad when Christians are fighting against other Christians. In the church, David was in a place, he was fighting against someone that he served. And serving Saul, the enemy tried to wipe him completely out. But honor kept David in the good fight. Honor kept David in the good fight. David was facing an unsurmountable uh, battle. He was facing uh, physical, mental, and materialistic fronts. The enemy just didn't want to take his life. The enemy wanted to take his possessions. The enemy just didn't want to take his life. The enemy wanted to take his reign. The enemy did not want David to uh, ascend to the throne. You, you hear what I'm saying? Many of you don't realize what you're up against. is because you're getting ready to have a new seat. And that's why the warfare, warfare always precedes your problem. Your prophecy, after the prophecy, sorry, after the prophecy, immediately warfare comes. Because the enemy wants you to change your mind about what God said about you. David, all of his men, they come back to a place that they thought was peaceful and they find out what I thought was peaceful is actually a problem. All the women and all the children were taken and held captive. And David now is facing people with him murmuring and complaining. Have you ever been in a situation where those who are with you finally, they stop believing like you believe? And now they're changing their mind about what God said. You know, maybe like, like the children of Israel, maybe, you know, you brought us out here to die. How? Why? And there's a whole lot of church for who change their mind when problems come. But David had to realize what I'm up against, I am not going to succumb to the voices that I hear. I'm going to keep pushing. Listen, there's going to come a time in your life where you're going to have to press even when other people are not pressing. David said, I'm going to strengthen myself. There are a lot of Christians, they need affirmation. They need a lot of pats on the back. But there, listen, let me tell you, you got to make up in your mind, I don't care if I got to go alone. I'm going to walk in my promise. It doesn't matter who leaves. See, when you, when, when, you, when you serve people and you build your whole ministry around people, people will trip you up. But if you serve as unto the Lord, you can lose everything and God will still promote you and take you to where you're supposed to be at. 
Many of you, you built your vision, you built your, your dream around certain individuals. You built it around the chief prophetess, and now the chief prophetess left, now you discombobulated. You don't know how you're going to make it. It's because you put your church, your trust in one person and not in the person. David said, I'm going to strengthen myself in the Lord. There comes a time in your life where you're going to have to talk to yourself and tell yourself what God said about yourself. There comes a time where you have to tell yourself, I am going to make it. I'm going to go into the place that God called me to go into. David here, he's fighting a war. He's fighting multiple fronts. He's fighting multiple fronts, a physical war. David is fighting a, a, a mental war. He's fighting a materialistic war. And this war here is, is literally dampening David's thought process. But David said, I am going to strengthen myself in the Lord. Now watch this. This is what I'm getting ready to come to. David understood my persecution has a purpose. What I'm going through, I'm not just going through for nothing. My persecution has a purpose. God is squeezing something great out of me. What I'm going through is an indication of where I'm going to. Many don't realize if you got great warfare, you got great destiny. That's why you're up against things that people in your family never thought about, never dreamed about. It's because you're going to a greater place than they're going to. Because you're committed, you're submitted to God. So the enemy has unleashed all types of hell and warfare against your life. David, now he's in this place. He said, look, I am not going to lose focus. I'm going to strengthen myself in the Lord. I am in a hot spot. I'm in a hot seat, and I'm not going to give up. Let's look here. David said, listen, he said, purpose, my purpose, my purpose. Because persecution wants me to abort purpose. David says, my purpose is not finite. It is not weak. It is not carnal. My purpose is eternal. There is a, a, a spiritual call. There's a spiritual mandate. What I'm going through, the enemy wants me to stop and relent and want me to give up. Many of you, the enemy wants you to walk away from the church. He wants you to throw in your calling, your mandate, that I'm done with church people and church things. But if you're a part of the kingdom, then you're part of the church. And if you're part of the kingdom in the church, you can't give up on your calling and your mandate. If you are a part prophet, you're not called to the marketplace. You're just a prophet that works in the marketplace. Prophets are for the church. Evangelists are for the church. And many of you, the enemy wants you to hate church people. Why? Because that's where your strength is. Some of you are like, I'm so weak. You stop coming to church. You stop going, coming where all the strength is. I feel like giving up. You stop coming. The Bible says every joint supply. So when we come together, I'm getting something and you're getting something. But if, if the enemy can get you by yourself and isolate you, make you hate the church, you will miss your deposit and your supply. Some of the people you're looking at right now, some of the people you look over has what you need. But because you don't want to say, hey, you don't want to say good evening. You miss your withdrawal. God is going to use people that you do not like. And they're going to bless you. Some of the people you don't like, you don't talk to, they have what you need. David said, I'm going to strengthen myself in the Lord. I'm not going to lose, leave this community that I'm in. He said, the people, they begin to mourn. They begin to cry. They begin to lament. Because their sons and their daughters, their wives and their, and their children were taken captive. 
But David said, I'm, go I'm not going to allow this persecution to make me retreat. I'm going to take what I'm going through. I'm going to push into the place where God called me to. Now watch this. If you're going through persecution, light affliction produces heavy glory. Light affliction produces heavy glory. What you're going through is going to produce a glory you've never seen before. People are like, you know, why you walk in such a level of glory? Why this person moving such heavy glory? You never know what people go through to get what they got. Some of you are like, God, I want to be anointed with fresh oil. Before David ever sits down and God anoints his head with oil, he goes to the valley of the shadow of death. You don't know what you're looking at and what people have been through to get what they got. And what you're going through right now is going to testify to the oil that you're getting ready to receive. But tell your neighbor, you got to go through. You got to go through the fire. If you want to walk in Holy Ghost power, you got to go through the fire. You got to go through, listen, you got to go through the flood. You got to go through all odds. When all odds are, you got to keep moving. You got to keep pushing. You got to keep it trucking. Because there's going to be oil after you get through the persecution. Somebody say amen. The enemy, the enemy has been against the church. The onslaught, he, listen, literally the enemy has tried to get people to doubt the prophetic. He tried to get people to stop believing in pastors and prophets and, and apostles. And it's because the enemy knows that the church is in its finest hour. That the greatest move that's getting ready to happen is getting ready to happen now through the body of Christ. That the church is in its finest hour. And we've been praying for revival. We've been saying, God, use me, use me, use me. And God said, the time is now. Just don't give up because you're going through. Just don't give up because light affliction produces heavy glory. What you're going through is a testing of your faith. What you're going through is a testing of what God said about you. Many of you, you receive prophecy after prophecy after prophecy. And you do absolutely nothing with it. Prophetic junkies that just want a prophecy but don't want to believe in it, don't want to work it. You have to work prophecy. Don't want to believe in it. Don't want to go in it. Just, I'm just going to sit here and think it's going to happen by osmosis. The prophetic word, you have to work it. It doesn't just happen. It don't sit in the lab and incubate and just grow on its own. You have to work the word. You have to believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe in his prophets, so shall you prosper. You got to believe what God said. It's a testing of your faith. The Bible says when the Son of Man returned, will he find faith in the earth? What does that mean? When, the, when Jesus returns, and I'm not talking about the second coming, because I know there's many eschatological viewpoints, but what I'm saying, when Jesus returned to the earth, even on Sunday, do he find you believing what he said? Is, will he find you in faith, believing, because faith is not cars, houses, and wives, and husbands. Faith is the word of God over your life. When the word of God comes, will he find you believing? You know how I know people don't believe in the power of the word anymore? They don't even give. They don't believe in tithes. They don't believe in tithing. They don't believe in sowing. They don't believe in being honorable. They don't believe in respecting men and women of God. There are church folk that don't even talk to their own parents. When the word says honor your mother and father so that your days may be long. There is, listen, there's longevity when you honor. There are people who do not believe in the word. Watch this. We, we've stepped out 
of the Word of Faith movement. The Word of Faith taught us how to be rooted and grounded in the Word. And then we stepped into the apostolic and the prophetic movement. But what I found out is there's a lot of apostolic and prophetic people that don't have no foundation in the Word. So you can prophesy, and some of it is off anyway and not biblical. And it's because you don't have enough Word to balance your prophetic ministry. Bible says this, that David, that David encouraged himself in the Lord. David remembered the word that, that God spoke over his life. You have to have a memory. Many of you come to church with your phones, collecting these prophetic words, and you go home and you don't even listen to it. Paul told Timothy to war with the prophecies. That's your ammunition. That's your roadmap. Man, I know what to do. You got a word, work the word. You got the logos and the rhema, work both of them. And you will find that your way will be prosperous. Watch this. Verse 119, Psalms 119 and 71 says, It was good for me that I was afflicted so that I may learn of your statutes. Sometimes you go through so that God can teach you about himself. Sometimes you go through so that God can get through to you. Everything is not warfare. Some things are simply life consequences. You've erred and God is trying to get your attention. Everything is not the devil. Some of your affliction is God. Trying to humble you so that he can talk to you. Oh, David said that there is a learning in my affliction. My affliction is producing knowledge. It is producing understanding. And because I am being afflicted, I'm learning about God in a whole new facet that I never thought I would. Affliction will bring the best out of you. It will teach you about God, and it will teach you about yourself. Am I preaching in here? David understood God's affliction was enveloped in God's elevation. David said, if I want to be elevated, I got to go through the place of affliction. And I got to count it all joy when I enter into divers. Come on. I got to count it all joy. I don't go through with a smile. I've never seen the likes of me of people like go through, you go through, and you're always down. Why you can't go through with a smile? Don't you know the end of the story that you triumph in Christ Jesus? Christians that go through, they, they act worse than the world. Your attitudes stink. Can't nobody talk to you because you're going through. You come to church, you don't even sing. You don't even lift up your hands. Everything that Simon says. You got nothing in you that calls you to press. Lift up your hand. Say amen. Somebody say hallelujah. It's always you got to be told what to do. And that's because you don't know him. When you know him, you know that all things work together for the good. The good and the bad is working for your good. The bad serves a purpose in your life. I got to go. I got like five minutes. These are signs of negotiation. When you, when, when you can, if you can identify with these things, that means you are negotiating with the kingdom of darkness. And you are potentially a double agent. You have a kingdom badge, but you're working on the devil's side. Number one, prayerlessness. You ain't prayed. Some people ain't prayed in 12 lifetimes. Don't want to pray, ain't never prayed. Don't even, they want to prophesy, but don't want to pray. They got a prophetic word, but don't want to pray. I've never seen the likes of me. How you wake up and just go out your day and don't say, hey, good morning, Holy Spirit. You come to church without prayer. 
but you want a prophetic word. Prayerlessness is a sign. Listen, if you are not a prayer, a person who prays, watch this. You are not the house that God lives in. He said, my house shall be called a house. <laughs> Preaching without prayer. How in the world you preach, you ain't praying? Let me go to see, me find, look online and find me a good sermon. God's supposed to give that to you. You out here finding stuff, singing stuff, making up stuff. If you pray, God will give you the answer. Number two, fear. Choosing to fear. Many of you, the enemy comes and you run automatically away from what God said. You're more scared of the enemy. You don't even fear God. You fear, you fear the devil, and the devil works in magnification, so he wants you to think the problem is bigger than what it is. Number one, prayerlessness. I got to go. Number three, watch this. Number one, prayerlessness. Number two, fear. Number three, overt emotionalism. You, you just so emotional. You go through so much. I mean, God, everything just makes you just lose your mind. And, and, that's, and that's the thing. Let me tell you, psychosis and the prophetic is a, it's a thin line. I just feel you're crazy. Your prophetic is not balanced. Get your emotions together. Watch this. Elijah had to understand, if I do not get my emotions together, God will order my replacement. The moment Elijah started tripping, God said, because you can't do what I'm telling you to do, I'm going to tell you who's going to replace you. Go anoint Elijah, Jehu. And many don't realize when you walk in fear and you allow your emotions to run rapid, you will lose your prophetic destiny, your prophetic call. And I'm going to tell you this, you don't have all day and all your whole life to decide if you're going to move in the kingdom. Tell me, I got no, you don't have all day. Life is like a vapor. You have certain moments of opportunity to move into the thing of God. You will miss your moment playing with your head. Am I helping you? Elijah lost. Listen, Elijah had to anoint his, his replacement because he was scared, fearful of Jezebel, and he had a psychosis moment. I'm running from Jezebel. Number four, stagnation. It's a sign that you have negotiated with the realm of darkness. Stagnation. Not wanting, listen, just going through the emotions. How many of you just go through service? Over and over, you know what it's like. You can tell when somebody's going to shout, when somebody's going to holler, how many times they're going to fall out. To keep coming up here with the same devil over and over is stagnation. It's a cycle. You're running around the same bush over and over. You think because you're moving that you're going somewhere. Some of you are running in place. You're not going anywhere. You think busyness is purpose. The enemy don't care. Some of you are on a treadmill in the spirit. You're just running in place. And you think because you're speaking in tongues that you're going somewhere. God has you by your coattail. Number five. Here's a sign to even negotiation. Number five, listen. You value company over destiny. You care more about, you care more about who's with you than whether God is with you. There are some journeys you're going to take by yourself. Now, I don't believe in isolation and all that, but sometimes you're going to walk alone. And you got to be perfectly fine. God, whoever you've called me to walk with, that's who I'm going to walk with. I'm not going to force relationships. I'm not going to force kingdom assignments. <laughs> David's response to affliction was, bring me the ephod. 
Somebody said, bring me the ephod. God, I got five minutes. He said, bring me the ephod. Now watch this. The ephod, many of you, if you study, you know that it's a ceremonial robe. The ceremonial robe. And only priests wore those. David was not a priest. But he said, grab me the ephod. When you look from an from a Old Testament standpoint, you say David is out of order. But when you look from a New Testament standpoint, you see David understood the value of intercession and prayer. How could David do this when the law says do that? It's because David understood the power of covenant. When you understand the power of covenant, you understand your seat and your position as an intercessor. What the enemy wants you to do, he wants you to give up because he realized who's attached to you. David grabbed the ephod because the ephod showed us the 12 tribes. It shows us lineage. It shows us posterity. It shows us prosperity. And it shows us the testimony of Jesus, what God did for the children of Israel previous to that point. David said, I'm going to go into intercession. And I'm going to get an answer from God. And because I'm connected and because I am a nation, I'm going to fight for what's mine. Many of you, you got you to gotta literally think where you stop, your kids begin. You forget that you are a nation. You're not a person, you're a nation. There is lineage on the inside of you, spiritual and natural. And there are things that your natural kids can reap when you walk your spiritual walk out. And there are things that people connect to you spiritually, they receive because you're connected and you walk it out. David said, I'm going to, he said, grab me the ephod. I'm going to talk to the Lord. The ephod represents communication. It represents prayer. This, that's the sign that you're on the right path, that when you, when you pray more than you prophesy. That's a sign you're on the right path. Measure what you're doing by prayer. Do you sing more than you pray? Or do you pray more than you sing? Prayer is your gauge. It shows you where you are and who you really serve. You got to listen, there's a whole lot of people saying, I'm a prophet, I'm a prophet, but they're speaking for another deity. And there are a whole lot of people who get it right, but are still wrong. Information doesn't make you right. Ask Adam and Eve. It was all about information. And we're, su we're such in a prophetic age that people want information over presence. We settle for numbers, names, and that's fine. I love Dr. Oscar. I like numbers and names. Praise the Lord. When it's done right. But people settle for numbers and names and don't settle for presence. It's, it's not about information you receive. It's about who told you. I don't want anything you peaked by, by sociology, psychology, and by culture. I want what the Lord says. Because psychics can read too, based on your mannerisms. Some of you tell the whole psychic everything. You tell folk, you tell, you come up here, you start quicking them, they know their own. You got a poker face. You got to give prophets poker face. I ain't agreeing to nothing. Go ahead and finish. Let me get the whole word finished. I ain't, ain't shut about nothing. Just go ahead and finish what the Lord is saying. You have to understand that prayer is your gauge. You have to hear God for yourself because there's false prophets in the land swaying you away with, listen, with doctrines of devils. The only way the enemy can get you out of place is through by teaching. You got to be careful who you listen to. You got to measure everything by the word of God, not by mama said. It's not water, boy. You measure by the word of God. What is God saying? And some of you don't read the word enough to know what is God and what's not God. The Bible says this. 
I'm going to give you three points that the ephah shows us. First thing, ephah, the ephah shows us the pattern of prayer. It shows us a pattern, a pattern of prayer. Number one, it shows us our position. It shows us our position as an intercessor. The ephah represents Christ. Christ is the high priest. It shows us to be like, let's listen to me, to be like Jesus is to be an intercessor. To be like God is to be an intercessor. How can you see people going through you not pray? How can you be in a nation and not pray for the nation you're in? How can you be a part of church and you don't pray for your leader? How can you be a part of church and you don't pray for growth? How can you be a part of family and you don't pray for your wife, your husband, and your kids? To be like Jesus is to care about his people. To be like Jesus is to show you your position in between the problem and the answer. Number two, it secures your posterity. When you pray, it secures your lineage. God will show you what is getting ready to happen. He will show you what to do, how to move, what to pray, what to speak over your kids. David inquired of the Lord. It was about David's wives and their children. Many of you know people in your family are going through. Your, your response is not prayer. Your response is gossip. You laugh, you write some little posts on Facebook. Christians ain't even Christians no more. They don't even act like Christ. They act like the devil, the pure devil. You talk about other Christians, other believers, and the main thing that, that caused you to enter to poverty. You put your mouth on people, killing people's destiny, their purpose, their assignment. If you don't understand it, don't speak on it. You in violation of the kingdom. We don't talk about, listen, it's only in the church that we talk about our own, dog our own. And we're wondering why the devil is wreaking havoc in the earth. If there's a problem in the earth, it's because we're not doing what we're supposed to. It shows us, number one, our, our position. Number two, it secures our posterity. And number three, it locates our prosperity. When I was the ephod, David said, God Shall I pursue what I recover? God said, yes, you will. You will pursue, you will recover. And you find out verses later, the Bible shows us that David recovered everything. David entered to a season called Shalom. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. Many like God, I, I want to enter to that season, that place of Shalom. God says that place of Shalom is in prayer. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. Nothing lacking. You're going to get, stand up all over the building, you're going to get what God promised you. You're going to get what God promised you. It's in the place of prayer. Prayer is your security. It's your foundation. There is no place like the place of prayer. There is no place like the place of prayer. And even now, God is calling you not to prophecy. Prophecy is a byproduct of prayer. When you pray right, people won't know if you're an intercessor or a prophet, and it wouldn't matter. It don't matter. You're God's mouthpiece. You're God's oracle. Many of you have set up for being a punk and not a prophetic individual. How dare you allow the devil to wreak havoc in your home? Walk in your house and tell your house what it's going to do. Many of you, a lot of enemy make you run. Well, you pay mortgage, you run to your mama's house. The devil start beating you upside the head, you want to run. Forget everything. Leave everything. The devil is a liar. It's God's will for you to prosper and to be in good health even as your soul prosper. 
But you got to make up in your mind, I'm a person of prayer. Prayer is my responsibility. God is not taking you higher in prophecy, higher in healing. He's taking you higher in prayer. My house shall be called. God wants to ignite that flame of intercession on the inside of you. I'm going to pray. Then I'm going to raise the offer. Father, in Jesus' name, I speak to every intercessor. I speak to every gatekeeper. I command you to lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be ye lifted up. The intercessors that have given up, that have lost hope, I speak to you now to see what God sees. In you there's a nation. In you there's a nation. In you there's a people. In you there is destiny. I speak to every destiny killer, every python spirit that comes to try to knock and suck the wind out of you. I prophesy in Jesus' name, you're going to get your wind back. You're going to get your wind back and you're going to move. You're going to run past Ahab. I speak now, whatever the enemy has held from you, I prophesy it's the year of Jubilee. You're going to get your stuff back. Father, I decree in Jesus' name that your people are blessed, that they're moving in power, they're moving in might. There's a spirit that the enemy has come against you. Yes, the white lady. You see me? Yep, you. Yep. There's a spirit that the enemy has come to try to attack you by way of your lineage. But the Lord says every work of the occult from your lineage is broken. You felt that. You know that so. Every work of the occult is broken. Just lift up your hands. Father, I just release an anointing upon her now in Jesus' name. Take a deep breath and receive it. Just begin to pray. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. Father, people are getting their orders back. They're getting their assignments back. Father, I decree in Jesus' name what was lost. They felt like they've been walking aimlessly. Father, I thank you. You're releasing purpose. You're releasing destiny in the name of Jesus. Now, the thing about, God, I'm sorry. I wish I could go more, but I can't. The thing about prophecy is this. I may didn't prophesy to you personally, but the preached word is God's prophetic word. The Lord wants to bless you a thousand times more. I want you to sit down real quick. Just give me five minutes to do this. You don't pray for revival. You don't pray for a move of the Holy Spirit, and you don't sow into it. Every move of the Spirit requires seed. It requires seed. It requires seed. When you sow a seed, you're saying, God, I believe what you're saying. I, you don't sow a seed based on a prophetic word. You don't sow a seed to get a prophecy. That's what I meant. Because you can sow into a prophetic word. But you don't sow a seed to get a prophecy. You sow a seed because you are kingdom financiers. You finance the kingdom. You don't give grain. The church don't run off of grains and bulls. The church runs off of currency. Whatever you dishonor walks out of your life. Whatever you dishonor, you give permission 
to walk out of your life. There are many people where leaders leave great places because they dishonor the gift and they dishonor the move of the Spirit. Hear me well. Whatever you don't honor financially will walk out of your life. Have some money, be married, and don't give that woman no money. Guess what she's going to do? Walk out of your life. It ain't always about money, but money is an answer. Y'all ain't got to believe money answers all things. That's what the word said. Conferences like this at this scale, it just don't, doesn't happen. A ministry, a church, a person has to pay for it. And I believe if God summons you, he summons you to sow into the move of the Spirit. 